Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, on this podcast here. Today we're going to talk about God paying for what he orders. Um, One of the things that keeps people from answering the call of God specifically and to go into full-time ministry is finances, is the uh, idea that uh, you'll go without or you won't have enough. Um, for many of you who are heading and training for the ministry or have planned, you've thought these things through because you've had family members who've said, maybe even family members who are in the ministry who said, you know, maybe you should just go and get your degree first so you have something to fall back on. And there's these ideas of, hey, people in the ministry lack funds. And it's this, uh, really, it's by design from the devil to keep people from answering the call of God. This is the most important work on planet Earth in a thousand years from now. And from a thousand years ago, if we look at the Earth a thousand years ago, what was the most important job? It was the the ones who were preaching the gospel. There are people in heaven because they were full-time ministers, right? There are people in heaven now because they were full-time ministers a thousand years ago and across the centuries. So um, the devil has set it up as a point of worry and concern to get people to back down. You hear people go to Bible school and then they get offered a job at their home church as a youth pastor. And three years later, they're not even in the ministry because, you know, the, uh, the, the salary was terrible. Uh, they couldn't even afford to like have a child. It's like crazy stuff that happens, but it's by design. So today we're going to talk from the scriptures, um, uh, what the Bible talks, what the Bible says about ministry and about finances for ministry. Does Jesus pay for his work? First Corinthians chapter nine, verse one starts off and says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? This is the first key. Christians, as a minister, Christians, uh, I'm just going to refer to myself here. Christians are my work in the Lord. Uh, People who are unsaved, bringing them into the into the the kingdom of God and and bringing them into the family of God is my work. These people are my work as a minister. Your work is people; they're my work in the Lord. And then it says, "If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink?" Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? So the second thing is that it is the right of faithful ministers to eat and drink at the expense of the church. It is the right of faithful ministers to eat and drink at the expense of the church. Verse 4, verse 6 says here, or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working a living? Ministers have the right to cease from other work to work as ministers. But what about Paul? He made tense. Yes, he did this in some areas. He did this because in new churches, he said, I don't want to be chargeable to them, right? I don't want to put a stumbling block in their way. But he actually said in a later epistle, he says he actually regrets doing it because it became an issue. He should have allowed them to be a partner with him. And so uh, Paul took it back and said, looking back, I shouldn't have worked. I should have allowed, I should have lived only off of this so I could be more focused, right? So he says, um, so uh, verse six, ministers have the right to cease other work to work as ministers. Verse seven, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without any eating any of its fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? 
Verse 7, What soldier goes to war at his own expense? It is the right of the minister, as a soldier of Christ, a vine dresser in God's vineyard, and shepherd of the sheep, to be sustained by the work of the ministry, where you don't have to have a side job. If the Lord hooks you up, man, awesome. I know people who have, you know, were in the ministry, and the Lord showed them to step back and go into business, and they're, they're, um, they're building a company that they're going to be able to sell, and we'll be able to do that, and then and they're now transitioning back in the ministry. But it isn't the 21st century. You hear people, you know, the 21st century model is that every minister will have a side job. I disagree. I believe that the ministry should take all of your effort, 60 hours a week, 70, 80 hours a week, where you're working full time and getting stuff done. If the Lord wants to bring things into your lap, I mean, you hear stories of people like Jesse Duplantis, who's driving down the road and the Lord says, buy that uh, field. And it's out in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, what, Lord? The Lord says, buy that field. And he buys it. And a few years later, they find oil on that field. Now, actually, I take it back. Either is either oil or a company needs to build a highway and they need to run right through his field, right? And so he sells it for a major profit. It was one of the two. I don't know if it was oil or it was. There was profit to be made, but it was by the Spirit of God. I'm not saying that stuff is off um, out of bounds for the minister, but it is a it is a rule of the New Testament that a minister would work and would eat by the gospel. And so let's get that settled first of all that he that he works from those that he lives from those wages. Do I say these things on human authority? Does the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, "You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain." Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. And so here, Paul is saying, we have a right, according to the will of God, to live. So understand this, going into the ministry, your sustenance will come from preaching. Your sustenance will come. You don't preach to get an offering. You preach to make an impact. But your sustenance will come from preaching. And how well you've prepared in preaching, how well you've prepared in prayer, in ministry, I believe will be a direct result of the impact that you have on people and then ultimately of the harvest that you reap, the wages that you reap. Not everyone is paid the same. This isn't, hey, welcome to the ministry. Here's your $3,250 a month stipend check. That's not how this works. We're paid according to our labor. The next thing to understand, 1 Timothy uh, 5.17 says, Preaching and teaching elders get double wages. 1 Timothy 5.17. Luke 10.7, Matthew 10.10 says, The workman is worthy of, of his provisions or worthy of his hire. So work guarantees food. Don't muzzle the ox while it treads grain. Work guarantees food. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Galatians 6, verse 6. And this next verse, Matthew 6, I'm just running through some of these to show you that that Jesus does pay for what he orders. He pays for his work. 
Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is where Jesus shows us his acceptance of responsibility to be the one who builds his church. Jesus is building a church. He's the one who pays the wages. Yes, he uses people. And yes, we're encouraged to share with those who teach us. But it's Jesus who's paying us the wages. As a minister, I get my paycheck from the Lord Jesus Christ from the Lord himself, and he pays good wages. And then it says here, Luke 5, 3, uh, we get to be a part, but so Jesus is the one who does the building, but people get to be a part of it. Like in Luke 5, 3, where Pet, Peter lets Jesus use his boat. You saw what happened where Peter allowed Jesus into his boat mm-hmm. and Jesus uh, used it to preach the gospel. And then he said, now launch out into the deep and drop the nets for a huge load. And Peter objected and he said, Lord, I've toiled all night. See, this is what happens. People think they have this secular work. The moment you change your, and and for some reason it's going to pay better, the moment you change your focus to be eternally focused, all of heaven comes behind you. Heaven's resources come behind you. Heaven's supernatural favor comes behind you. Where you toil all night and do nothing working in the flesh, the moment your life becomes aimed to advance eternity, then you're going to see a harvest come. You're going to see this net breaking, boat sinking, load of fish come in, like we saw in Luke 5, 3. Jesus provided tax money for his own disciple, Matthew 17, 24. Why did Jesus do that? It's because it was his disciple. He told him, come and follow me. So when tax time comes around, Jesus provides. Jesus has unorthodox methods of providing financially. Go fishing. Uh, Go back to what you used to do. Pull a fish out. The first fish will have a coin. Pay your taxes. The next thing you need to know is about harvest. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. This is John 4. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. I want you to say this with me. Say, I'm a harvester. As long as you keep your focus on the harvest of souls, you will see perfect provision. You will see an abundance of provision. The harvesters are paid good wages. How much have you been harvesting? You know, this all comes back back to Matthew 6.33. When people... When people are minded of the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added. You won't have to worry about your paycheck. You won't have to worry about provision. When you make serving God your goal, when you make reaping the harvest of soul, well, I don't feel like I'm called to be an evangelist. Every fivefold ministry gift is called to reap a harvest of souls. You may not have an, the gift of an office of an evangelist, but you're called to reap the harvest of souls. And by being a harvester, you will then, by being a harvester, you will, you will guarantee yourself good wages, according to John 4, 35 and 36. God pays his workers individually, not all the same. Matthew 20, 1 through 16 talks about the, the, the wages, and it talks about those who showed up at different hours. He pays them individually. They didn't get the same hourly rate. They got different rates. Even the one where it says the, the, the three that he gave talents to, the one was 10,000 gold coins or 5,000 gold coins. The other one was 2,000. The other was 1,000. That said it was according to their ability to manage. They were given according to their ability. Don't, don't, don't miss this. As a minister of the gospel, 
There is a definite ability. Not every minister is the same. It's up to you. Yes, there's God-given talents. There's personality differences. But something that you put in work as, and you decide, I'm not going to be a lazy preacher. I'm going to be a preacher who memorizes the Word of God, who studies the Word, who spends time in prayer, who spends time practicing preaching, who's, who, go, who works on my craft. You will separate yourself as not an average preacher. You will become someone who's above average, who gains in skill the more you do it. When you get started out preaching, you should ask the Lord, Lord, let me preach every single day. Let me have people to preach to every single day so I can get better and get better at it because he pays individually, not all the same. If you have two employees and the one's a whole lot better and gets twice as much work done as the other one, you're not going to give them the same salary. You're not going to give them the same pay. It's the same with God. Genesis 22, 13 and 14, God provided the ram for the sacrifice that he ordered. Genesis 22. God can absolutely be counted on to provide all the means necessary in order for us to obey his commands or carry out his plans. You know, it's actually very simple. We just have to understand these are God's plans. God orders the plans. God ordered the harvest of souls. God called you to the ministry. If God called you, he's the one who's going to pay for you. And so for you, it's being faithful to what God will do for you. And then also understanding the word of God on sowing and reaping. Because by being excellent in your field, if you still have a poverty mindset, I don't believe you'll come out of poverty. By being excellent in your field and and putting the word of God, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. You'll see that broken. You'll come to live in abundance. The Bible calls to give to the work of the ministry is to do well. Philippians 4.14. It's called fellowship. Philippians 4.15. They fellowshiped with Paul. Paul desired fruit. The fruit your harvest is people brought to eternal life to go to their account. This shows that the fruit from my ministry goes to the account of those who give financially to my ministry. This is why it's called an opportunity for people. Every believer has an account in heaven. This account is also called treasure in heaven. Unbelievers are treasuring up wrath for the day of judgment, but every one of, and every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. The account is our works. Every man's work shall be made manifest. The, the revealing of our works will lead to reward. All reward is linked to labor. Our labor makes us acceptable to God. There will be people who have worked in vain. And this is why many people will have nothing to show for their life is because they had no kingdom aim. It's bad work. They weren't even working in God's field. They were working in their own. The the payment comes to those who preach. 1 Corinthians 9, 17. He will reward even for persecutions. So to wrap it up here, I want you to settle it in your heart. God is the one who rewards those Here, listen to this, 1 Corinthians 9, 16 and 17. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? So by, if you preach of Uh, willingly. If God has called you and you preach willingly, you'll have a reward for your labor. There'll be reward here, money reward here for a job well done, but then there'll also be a reward in heaven. There's multiple rewards for serving God. There's reward in this life and the reward in the life to come. 
Here's the summary and the settling point of what we're talking about today. It is his work. He pays my wages and he pays for the work itself. He gives the opportunity for men to be involved and reap in this life and in heaven. If God's called you to the ministry, understand he's going to pay you. Besides paying you, he's going to pay for the work. There's going to be much expense that'll come. TV time, radio time, crusades, church buildings, uh, outreaches, events, everything. But God is the one who pays for the work. Why? Because it's his work and it's his harvest field. So be encouraged. You don't have to go through your life wondering how the payment's going to come. It's God's work. He wants to get it done. Are you willing to answer the call? Watch God provide for you. This year in the ministry has been, we, you know, we laid aside, uh, uh, we laid aside, I laid aside a very successful job in sales, but God has made up for it. He's brought in finances unexpectedly every month, every single month, supernatural sources of supply. And I'm telling you, it's just the beginning because as I labor in this and as I get more work done and as I bring, see more people brought into the kingdom, I become more valuable to the kingdom of God and I'm paid better because of it. Bless you. Thanks for listening. Please share this on your Instagram if you get a second. We'll see you on the next podcast.